It's not enough for me to only see good in the world. In our world, I think we're often taught to find the good in challenging situations. And I think there's a well-meaning intent behind that because challenges are challenging and being able to find the good in them is a way for us to cope, to find meaning. But I have a challenge with that. On the surface, it seems like sage advice, and it's advice that I followed for many years, but the more that I learn about myself and especially what it is that I value, the more I find that only seeing the good in the world is just not enough, not anymore. And that when I make that my sole focus, it actually gets in the way of me being able to do more good in the world. And the reason for this is because I found that focusing solely on seeing the good in the world creates meaning about complex, painful situations that often defy meaning. And that doesn't sit well with me. Try as I might, I can't find the good in the war in Ukraine. Try as I might, I can't find good in the conflict in Israel and Palestine. I can't find good in the horrors that I too often see in the world. I can't find the good when I see one group of people make their own survival and prosperity more important than another group's survival and prosperity. I can't find the good amidst continuing homelessness and hunger and poverty, especially when I witness these things in wealthy nations where they simply should not exist. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't try and find a way to focus my attention on the helpers in these situations. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But to tell myself that I should see the good in the situation itself as though that situation has some esoteric lesson to teach me, I think belies the fact that through my limited human vision, even through the lens of what I've learned about spirituality, I simply cannot see any value in the dehumanization of any group of people. I just can't. There's a fundamental wrongness there that I feel in my bones. I cannot believe in a divine creator that would use pain and suffering as a teaching tool. I can't. In fact, I believe that if there is any lesson in these kind of situations, there's only one, and that is that these atrocities should never happen, period. The phrase never again keeps on playing through my mind. The founder of our teaching, The Science of Mind, wrote in his textbook that he believes the world has learned all that it can from suffering. And I happen to share his belief. I found that the kind of meaning-making that 
comes from only trying to see the good in an impossible situation as a distraction. It distracts me from being able to take steps to actually bring more good into the world. It's a distraction because it takes away my agency, my power of choice. And it does that because when I believe that all the horror that I see in the world is part of some divine plan that's beyond my comprehension, well, that feels like avoidance to me. The longer that I'm on this planet Earth, this planet that we all share together, the more clear I become on the things that I do and I do not value. And values are those driving forces within us all that inform what we believe and how we show up in the world. We all have them, whether we're aware of them or not. And there's a really transformative power when we discover our own values. And I found that this discovery, it's a lifelong journey because our values shift and they evolve as we grow as human beings. The more that I discover my values, the more I find that one that I really hold as fundamental to my own existence is honesty. I value truth. I value candidness. I value authenticity. And knowing this value, it's one of the reasons why I don't believe it's enough for me to simply see the good amidst the horrors of the world, because when I do that, I'm not really being honest with myself. I'm never going to believe that war and genocide and oppression have any value in them. It just isn't going to happen. So I cannot say that I value honesty and then lie to myself that some horrific situation holds some degree of merit in it, some divine lesson. Part of valuing honesty for me means being honest about what is actually going on in reality and then being willing to challenge myself when what's going on in reality challenges my beliefs. And if I really take my value of honesty to its logical conclusion, it encourages me to actually live in reality rather than just witnessing it, because how can I truly understand reality except by experiencing it? I've also found that I value life. And when I consider this value, it makes me ask myself, how am I putting my value of life into practice? Am I taking care of my own life? Am I helping to take care of the lives of others? Do my words and my actions and my beliefs align with the continuation of life? And here's a really hard question. 
do I ever place the value of one life above another? I don't have simple answers that come up when I ask myself these questions, and I think that's okay. Sometimes it's tempting for me to seek out the simple answer or the easy answer, but the reality is that life is infinitely complex. And I find great comfort when I embrace that beautiful phrase, I don't know. And then because I value curiosity, I add on there, but I'm going to try and find out. What I do know, though, is that my value of life inspires me to find ways to help reduce the suffering that I see in the world. Because I see suffering as the opposite of life. That desire to do what I can to alleviate suffering brings me to my third value today. And that's the topic of our talk, wholeness. And I consider it a foundational value at the core of my being. It didn't always, wasn't always that way, but it is now. It's one of the spiritual principles that we teach here, this idea of wholeness. And it tells us that there is nothing outside of ourselves that we have to get in order to be a wanted part of the whole of creation. When I take it a little deeper, wholeness tells me that I am worthy of existing. I have a right to exist. And so do you. So because it's a value for me, it's not enough for me to just believe in my wholeness. I also have to try to live my life in a way that is an expression of that wholeness by actively affirming wholeness in all of my actions. Some of the ways this shows up is through helping those who are in need as best as I am able, sharing freely of that which I have and by doing my own inner work so that I can discover more of that wholeness at the core of my being. Because here's the secret, that wholeness at the core of our being, there is no limit to it. And the more of that wholeness that I discover, the more that I can share from the overflow, especially for those who might not be experiencing wholeness in that moment. So when I encounter the horrors of the world, my values tell me that it is untrue for me to believe that there is any good in the horror itself. So then I'm invited to find the good in the actions of those who are working to end that horror. I recently watched a TikTok video, which is a bit of a new experience for me as it is because I typically don't go on social media or TikTok. And I found a video from a creator who tries to share more intimate stories about what's happening on the ground in Gaza. And one of the videos that they showed was aid workers who were working to free a family that had been trapped under rubble from a building that had collapsed upon them. And in this video, they're talking to a 13-year-old girl named Alma. 
and she's communicating with them, telling them where she is. And the aid workers, they're letting her know that they're there, asking her how old she is, how old her brother is, and asking her about her family and if her family's okay. And you can hear the compassion in their tone of voice. You can hear the reassurance that they offer her. And they promise her that they will get her and her family out. And when they say it, you can tell that they mean it. Now, while watching this exchange, there was one thing that really filled me with hope that reminded me of the inherent good and wholeness and humanity. And there's this moment where Alma hears the aid workers are there and she says something so noble. Help my parents, my siblings and my grandparents first. And then help me. Help me last. I don't want to be the first. In the midst of violence, she only wanted to help her family. In the midst of what must have been great horror, of what was almost certainly an emotionally and physically exhausting situation, she wanted to help. She wasn't even thinking of herself. In fact, she was kind of clever. She even said, or only help me first if I can help you to help them. This is such a brilliant example for me of what it means to move beyond simply seeing wholeness where there is not any. It's taking a stand and saying that because I believe in wholeness, I am going to do everything I can in the world to actually help it to be whole. It's the moving from passivity to activity. It's saying, because I believe in the power of love, the power of kindness, I'm going to do everything I can to share love and kindness in the world, to be an example of love and kindness in action. For this 13-year-old girl, it wasn't enough for her to simply talk about helping her family to wait for the aid workers to help them. She had to offer her help too, even though at that moment she was almost certainly the one who needed the help. I want to be more like Alma. I want to be more like her because it was so clear to me that her love for her family, her desire to help outweighed her own desire for safety. I want to be like Alma because of the strength that she showed and the courage and the compassion and the selflessness I have no doubt that she was afraid for her life because who wouldn't be in that situation? But I believe that her love and her selflessness outweighed that fear or she wouldn't have, been at, wouldn't have asked to be helped last. For me, her actions expressed 
a depth of wholeness that I find deeply inspiring. Now, I don't know what happened to her after that video because it didn't say, but I truly hope that she and her family are okay. There's a phrase that you might have heard that's always held deep meaning for me. Look for the helpers. It's a phrase that invites me to focus my attention on those who help in the midst of pain and suffering. Helpers are those amazing souls who run toward the pain and suffering so that they can help. They don't run away from it. And that gives me so much hope. Helpers reflect back to me the example of what it means to put into practice the values that I personally hold and to put into practice the spiritual principles that we teach here at the center. Love and oneness, wholeness, peace. I believe that there is a powerful message at the heart of every helper's actions, and it's this. I am part of you, and you are part of me. Your suffering is my suffering, and I am not whole until you are whole. I am going to do everything that I can to help us to be whole together. Each and every time I see a helper sharing of themselves, I see more of that wholeness revealed in the world. Each time I see a helper open their heart through their loving action, I see more love revealed in the world. I see helpers bring their service into the world regardless of how challenging that world can be. And I see those helpers here at our center every single day. I see them here in this audience. For me, each helper that I witness appears to be someone who has an incredible sense of their own values they seem to have this inner compassion and curiosity and courage, and that enriches the whole world around them. They truly seem to know who they are. And they truly seem to know what it is that's theirs to do in the world. And I notice that they also have this incredible view, this optimistic view of reality itself. And I think that's because they're actually not afraid to see the pain and the suffering in the world. Because I think if they were afraid, would they be the ones who are running towards it to help? I'm still working on finding and nurturing my own inner helper. It's a day-by-day -day process. And I do have parts of me that can be selfish sometimes. 
that, try to numb out the pain that I witness and stifle that desire to help. I acknowledge that it can be really hard to run toward those aspects of life that feel like they're doing everything they can to erase wholeness in the world. But I'm trying because of those very values that we're talking about today. If I truly value life, if I truly value love and honesty and kindness, one of the best ways that I can honor those values is to live my life by sharing those values through service to those who are most in need. It's through that service that my values come alive. And so I'd like to give us an opportunity to share a contemplative practice that I adapted from Dr. Edwards' book, Ordinary Goodness, which I encourage you to check out. We have many copies in the bookstore. And this is an exercise that's designed to help us to become a little bit more clear about what it is that we value. And then from knowing those values, we can bring them into the world. So I invite you, if you like, to take a deep breath and breathe out. Allow your gaze to soften or your eyes to close. And imagine that you are surrounded by your most trusted friends and family members by the people in life whose opinion you listen to and you value. And now I invite you to imagine that these people are talking about you as though you're not there. And they're talking about who you are in the world. They're talking about what you do in the world. They're sharing the things that you do that inspire them. And they're talking about the ways that you do or perhaps do not live up to the values that they know that you cherish. No judgment. They're just observing. And take note of what they're sharing right now. What do they say that you value? How do they see you being in the world? What do they observe as being most important to you? And now I invite you to take in another deep breath. Let out a sigh. (sighs) When you feel ready, come back to the room, open your eyes. This is a good way to check in and see what are my values. If my friends were to tell me what my values are, what would they be? 
In fact, you might ask your friends today or your family members, what do you see me valuing most in the world? And then just listen and see what you hear. Now, I hope that you were able to get in touch with some of your own values, even if it's just one today. And now that you have a little bit more insight, my invitation for you is not just to contemplate those values, but figure out how can you actually live them. You see, it's not enough for me to simply pray for peace. Each day I'm invited to live peace in the world. It's not enough for me to just pray for love. I am invited to live my love in the world. It's not enough for me to simply pray for wholeness. I have to do all that I can to bring that wholeness into the world. I know I can't do these things alone. So that's why I invite you to take that first step with me, even though it might be a little scary. And with me, let go of any fear that doing so might mean that I'm going to make a mistake because you know what? I make mistakes all the time. You're probably going to make mistakes too. That's okay. Because it turns out that we're all learning together how we can bring more wholeness into the world. I've found that there isn't any perfect way of finding and bringing about the healing that our world is asking for, but what I do know is that we're never going to find that healing until we try. And it's that trying together with you that fills me with that needed hope. And if you'd like to tap into more of that community hope that we offer here at the center, I invite you to Join Dr. Edward at our Wednesday evening winter solstice service. That's on the 20th, and you'll hear more about that from Jennifer, as well as our Christmas Eve candle lighting service on Christmas Eve. But now I think it's time for us to go into prayer. Yeah? Okay. There is only one life, one source, one presence, one power. It is love. It is life. It is the very essence of wholeness, the very potential for wholeness. And I know that that divine one is all that there is. It is truly everywhere. And I am one with that. Each and every person here and on our live stream is one with that. We are love, we are life, we are wholeness. And it is these things that I invite that divine spirit at the center of each of our beings to bring more of into the world. I invite forth an open heartedness within myself and with all who hear this prayer. An open heartedness that shares of the depth of value at the core of each and every one of our being. I know that because wholeness is infinite, that there is nothing ultimately that can get in its way. There's only things that can delay it. And I say that those delays here and now, I am done with them. I open my heart to allow that wholeness to make itself known. 
I invite that love forth to make itself known. I invite that life forth to make itself known. I know that there is no limit to these things. There is no barrier that can stand in the way of them, which is why I call them forth here and now for all of us. I invite us all forth to be the expression of wholeness and love and life in every single moment of our day. That I know to be good. And so I am grateful, grateful to know that this word is already fulfilled. And with my gratitude, I release this word and I let it be. And I invite us all to seal it together by saying, And so it is.